Hey, welcome to the Risen Nation Church podcast. We're so happy you've joined us. We at Risen Nation Church believe that we are called to prepare a place for God's presence and God's people. If you'd like more information on how to connect or volunteer or even to partner with us in this season, you can find out more information at risennation.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. So I'm about to throw up on you uh, what God has been putting in me for six weeks. It's been amazing. I should probably turn to Ephesians 1 myself. But I want to talk to you tonight about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And as the coming weeks, uh, as, as we come into the coming weeks, I really want to teach out the seven spirits of God, right? The seven spirits of God that are constantly burning before his throne. Right, these seven spirits of God that is all centered. It, it, it des- it's described like a like the candlestick, right? And you've got you've got three sides here and three sides here and one in the middle. And you've got counsel and might and wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And you get to the middle. I know that I've, I and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And then you get to the middle, and the seventh or the first spirit is the spirit of the Lord. Right? So you build everything on the spirit of the Lord, and then the perfect symmetry of the Lord is you have his might that is perfectly balanced with his counsel. Right? And we want to teach through that because what God is doing now, what he's doing in this hour, and even what we're seeing God do with lifestyle is he's removing the walls of denominations that we've set up. He's removing the walls of this is my thing and this is your thing. He's removing the walls. See, what would happen in Dallas if we put walls down? What would happen in Dallas if we became one candlestick, even if we have seven expressions? Right? So what you have today in Western church is you've got a church that's, we're a Bible-believing church. Well, what about the church? Does this church not believe in the Bible? You know, they're more spiritual and weird. And we have these two, like, like huge pendulum swings of, over here, you can't clap and you can't have drums. And then over here, it's you need earplugs. And we can't figure it out as a church. And the Bible says that the world's gonna know him by our love for one another. And so if we don't learn how to honor him who says, I have seven spirits burning before me forever, and the middle one is the spirit of the Lord himself. If we don't learn how to get connected to one candlestick with his oil in it, we are doing nothing for him. What we're doing is, is we're building country clubs with childcare, and we're getting two hours away from our kids, and we're getting good music. Like, you could go swing dancing and get that. This is not what church has been intended by God to be. And I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, I'm just going to start saying everything that's in my heart, because we have protected. I heard somebody say, like, we've, I think it was Joey that said this. He said, we have protected the church from the fullness of this Bible. That was good, Joey. I stole that from you. (laughs) I think he said it at LCU. We've protected our church because we're pastors. You know, we want to make sure that people are not confused. But what we do is we take stuff out of the Bible because we don't want to offend them. But this is a sword. It's not a spoon. 
So the Lord is, is about to come in like a mighty rushing wind, and I am not going to get in the way of that. And if people leave in the process, well, I'm sorry. I love you, but I love him more. So we are going to get outside of doing our own things, and we're going to start pursuing him. Uh, but the seven spirits of God, I want to focus on the spirit of wisdom tonight, okay? And according to Ephesians 1, the spirit of wisdom and revelation that comes from the spirit of the fear of the Lord, okay? So out of those seven spirits tonight, spirit of wisdom and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And if you're taking notes, I want you to take notes and make this your own study. And we're going to just take a, a, a quick journey in the scriptures. I'm going to read a lot of scripture tonight, so don't try to follow along in your Bibles. Just write them down, and, and don't believe anything I'm saying. Go and find out for yourself. Okay? Cool? Deal? Amazing. So this is Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your under, I'm sorry, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, what his inheritance is in you. You are his inheritance. Verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Verse 21, far above. Everyone say far above. We're gonna go up tonight and we're gonna go in. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things. Everyone say all things. All things includes your bills, your worries, your doubts, your fears, all things. It includes your sicknesses, your sins, your temptations, your pornography, addictions. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. How many of you believe that not one word will fall to the ground? So if it says that the fullness of him who fills all in all, he's gonna get all of you one way or another. Are you with me? So listen to this. I, I, I did a study on those words, and the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him changes. When we start to see this, it changes how we approach him, pursue him, talk to him, and how and the way we live our lives on the earth and the way we come into deeper wisdom and revelation. Listen, the way we come into a deeper level of wisdom and revelation is learning the fear of the Lord. Write it down. The way we learn deeper wisdom and deeper revelation in the knowledge of him, it starts with the fear of the Lord. And I wanna unpack the fear of the Lord tonight because it's been taught horribly. Listen to this. The word wisdom, it means this, broad or full intelligence. And in parentheses in the Strong's, I love it. It says high or low. Broad or full intelligence, high or low. So, so, so get this. Remember in James 3.15, it says it's, it's talking about self-ambition and jealousy, and it says it's wisdom that is sensual and demonic. It is wisdom from beneath. Everyone remember that? So basically what 
Wisdom is, it can be from above and it can be from beneath. How much in the church have we thought wisdom from above when really it came from hell? So there's, there's always two types of wisdom and you can feel the spirit behind it. One is driven by fear and one is driven by security in his presence. So there's wisdom from above. There's also wisdom from beneath. It's to know the fullness by the experience of a thing. So wisdom is not just logical. Wisdom is I've touched it, right? That's, that makes sense to everyone, right? Like I've gone through this thing and I have the wisdom now how to overcome this thing. The Lord knows what he's doing with your life. And this is where it's, I promise you, you will leave encouraged tonight. I know normally I'm just, you know, whipping and stuff, but this will be a good one. This will be nice. Broader full intelligence. Revelation means disclosure the uncovering of a precious secret. We're gonna go deeper into what revelation means, but I just, I wanna keep it. This is just the surface of what revelation means. It's like a hidden treasure too valuable for public knowledge. Receiving revelation is like lifting, the lifting of the veil in a marriage ceremony. Revelation is the uncovering of marriage, right? So revelation is perception, it's, it's disclosure. It's like finding treasure in a field, selling everything you have, and you buy the field. And you don't tell anybody about it, right? Revelation. So godly wisdom is high, right? If we, if we think wisdom is either high or it's low, and it's broad and it's full. Wisdom, if wisdom is high, revelation is deep. Just stick with me. I know it sounds weird, but wisdom is high, Right? Wisdom is we have to go up. Wisdom is we have to raise the way that we think. Colossians 3, set your mind on things above and not beneath. Right? So wisdom is high and revelation is seeing something beyond the veil. It's going in. So God wants to take us higher and God wants to take us deeper into one person. So again, wisdom is broad, full intelligence to know the fullness by the experience of a thing. Revelation is the uncovering of a precious secret. The word knowledge is to become fully acquainted with. The word enlightened is to be radiant. And the word toward is to be in, into. And guys, I'm telling you, it is so exciting to study the scriptures like this. When you break down the words, you open up the strongs, and you really see what the Greek was saying, what the Hebrew was saying, you literally begin to read the scripture and this is how the spirit of revelation pops out is when we actually go, listen, deeper revelation into the word. Because there's a layer over this book. It actually says it in scripture that some read it still with a layer over it. They're reading it, but it's not getting into them and it actually says the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. Without reading this, without the baptism of the spirit of revelation, you're not really reading anything. Actually, it'll confuse you, and the Bible says that the letter without the spirit will kill you. And so you have to read it to know him. I heard my uncle one time say, I don't even begin to open the scriptures until I'm staring at his face. That's pretty powerful. So listen, just breaking it down in what wisdom means, revelation means, enlightenment means, toward means, listen to this. This is how you can write it. This is, I, I don't have a Bible translation, but this is what I would do. Verse 17, that our God may give you the highest 
and deepest experience of his person until you are fully acquainted with him. Verse 18 through 19, so that you may radiate with hope as you discover the riches of his glory in you, which is his inheritance. That is phenomenal. That you may radiate with hope as you fully discover the riches of his glory in you, which is his inheritance. And you may see his surpassing magnitude and power that enters into you beyond the veil. God put wonder back in our eyes time. Like, I wanna see his majesty. Go with me to Job 26. This is gonna get really fun. Job 26, and I'm gonna start in verse two again. I'm about to do some like fire fast reading, so just make sure you're writing these down. This is Job 26, verse two. How you have helped him who has no power. You have no power. You have to see this. How you have helped him who has no power. We have no power. How you have saved the arm that has no strength. You have no strength. How you have counseled him who has no wisdom. You have no wisdom. He's going through the seven spirits of God. And plentifully declared sound knowledge. With whose help you have uttered words and whose breath has come out from you. The dead tremble under the waters and their inhabitants. Verse seven, he stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. I can't get away from this. (laughs) Stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. He binds up the waters in his thick clouds and the cloud is not split under them. He covers the face of the full moon and spreads it over over it, his cloud. He has inscribed a circle on the face of the waters at the boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astounded at his rebuke. By his power, he has stilled the sea. By his understanding, he shattered Rahab. By the wind, by his wind, the heavens were made fair His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Listen to this. Behold, everyone say behold. These are but the outskirts of his ways. And how small a whisper do we hear of him? But the thunder of his power, who can understand it? These holding the earth on nothing, it says is the outskirts it's like, it's like a piece of the first layer of an onion. Who exactly is it that we have relationship with? Psalms 147, four through five says, he determines the number of stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond knowledge. Romans 11, 33 to 36. Oh, the depth of his riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Do you realize you're never gonna figure it all out? This is where we're getting to tonight because there's a secret to comfort in what I'm saying. You are never going to fully understand him. 
and you will die trying. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him? For, For of him and through him and to him are all things. I love that. For of him, through him, and to him are all things. How much? All things. It doesn't say some. I'm hoping to like poke at something tonight. Because you have this idea that you're in control and you're not. (laughs) Psalms 93, one through two. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. When I read that this week in Psalms 93, I heard the Lord say the whole world and all of humanity could team up. They could actually become of one mind and all have the same political party and they could, do, and they could all come together in one giant humanity and they could all lean on one side of the earth and they could build a bomb. They could do whatever they want and there is nothing that all of humanity could do to move the earth any closer or further away from the sun than its current orbit that God put in position. There's nothing that we can do to change anything about what he's done. We fight it and we fight it and we fight it, but he will not be moved. Habakkuk 3, 4 through 6, his brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from his hand. I I want you to see who you have relationship with in your closet. This, like we're talking about, I love Corey Russell when he was here the last time he said, we're talking about a man who was uncreated. You have relationship with everlasting. My dad asked this question one time. He said, when did you begin? You remember that? (laughs) Chosen, Ephesians 1, 4, in him before the foundation of the world. If he has no beginning and you were in him, then you don't have one either. I'm doing my best to confuse you right now with his power. We are born from everlasting. Do you realize that when he said in John 1, in the beginning was the word, that word in Greek word means logos, right? And that word, when you study in the Greek, it means the person Christ himself. He was the word. But, it, but I love it because right in the beginning in the Greek, when you read it, it says word, but before the word, the thought. Listen to this. Light had no definition. Let me give you an example. Think about this for a second. Could you explain the sun that hangs in the sky to somebody that's never experienced it? Just think about that for a second. Well, it's hot. Well, what does that mean? It's, it's bright. Well, I've never, what do you mean it's bright? What is that? What is bright? Get with me. Like imagine you've never seen it and someone's trying to, it just hangs there. What do you mean it just hangs, nothing's holding it up? Nope just hangs there. In the beginning was a thought. (laughs) And he clothed the thought with words and definition came. 
Like we have this idea that he sat there and he did two plus two equals this, but we don't read that in scripture. What we read is he just said it. This is fascinating to me. Verse 10 through 13 of Habakkuk 3, the mountains saw you and trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by, the deep uttered its voice and lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of your arrows they went. At the shining of your glittering spear, you marched through the land in indignation. You trampled the nations in anger. You went forth for salvation of your people. He did all these things because he's coming for salvation for his people. For salvation with your anointed, you struck the head from the house of the wicked by laying bare from the foundation to the neck. Luke 19, 38 through 40 saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered and said, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Psalms 97 says this, verse one, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries on every side. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. Before the Lord of all the earth, the heavens proclaim his righteousness and all peoples see his glory. This is what it says. Don't turn there, just listen. This is what it says in, in Job 38. I love this because the Lord now has something to say to Job. After he gets uh, all of his opinions of his friends of why his life sucks and why he's going through horrible, horrible stuff, God shows up in a tornado. He says, now I'm gonna ask you for three chapters rhetorical questions about myself. <laughs> There's comfort in it. I'm gonna read for a minute, so just listen along. This is verse one. Then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? What? Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge. Dress for action like a man. He's telling Job, you stand up like a man while I'm talking to you. <laughs> Makes you want to dance for some reason. I don't know what, it gets so exciting. I'm gonna question you and you make it known to me. Like I'm gonna question you and you answer me. Imagine if you're having a pity party about your life and God comes to you and says, stand up. I'm gonna talk to you now and I'm gonna ask you some questions and you're gonna answer me. Okay, Lord, here's what he says. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. This is how the Lord's talking to Job. Pitiful Job. You know Job, right? You know? Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy, 
Or who shut in the sea and the doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. And prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors. And said, thus far you shall come and no further. And here you, you shall, your proud waves be stayed. Verse 12, have you commanded the morning since your days began? Imagine God comes to you. Have you commanded the morning since you were born? Has the morning ever listened to you since you were born? Nope. And caused the dawn to know its place? Nope. Verse 18. Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare, tell me, do you know all this? I guarantee you Job was silent. Where is the way to the dwelling light? And where is the place of darkness that you may take it to its territory and that you may discern the paths to its home? Verse 33, do you know the ordinances of heaven? Can you establish their rule on the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that they may go and say to you, here we are? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Or who can tilt the water skins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clouds stick fast together? How many of you, when you read this, you sense the fear of the Lord? Like, I'm, I don't, maybe five of you, but me, I'm reading this and I'm going, Lord, you know all things. And I am very little and I have no strength. And you read this and the fear of the Lord sets in and that fear of the Lord, according to Proverbs, says it in Proverbs 9, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when the fear of the Lord begins to set in and how it sets in is the higher you get in wisdom and the deeper you get into revelation, the more the things of this world grow dim. And the more dim the world becomes, the more heavenly wisdom you have. So the Lord says, here's how, listen, because there's a secret to comfort in this. It's what I'm getting to. Setting your mind on things above and not beneath. Everybody go to Isaiah 40. The Lord wants to cause our issues to go dim tonight. And there's a secret to how God causes that to happen. Because when the fear of the Lord sets in, wisdom begins to build a work in you. And the key is, is you have to become nothing. You see, wisdom from beneath is that which I can muster up within my own strength. And I can say things like this, like Lucifer said, I will ascend. But wisdom in the heavens is the lowest one on earth. Because it's this, it starts with this, wow. That's where wisdom begins, wow. This is where wisdom begins, I'm an idiot. This is where wisdom begins, shut up, I know what I'm doing. This is what he says to Job. He says, Job, uh, you know what, just, just stay in Isaiah 40. I love the end of 38. 
<laughs> is it by your understanding that the hawks soar and spread its wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagles mount up and make its nests on high? On the rock he dwells and he makes his home. Verse, chapter 40, verse two. Shall a fault finder contend with the almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer. If you're the, you're the one that's arguing with me, answer me. Job says this. Here's the secret. Then Job answered the Lord and said, behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once and I won't do it again. Twice, but I'll proceed no further. This is what Job's response after God telling him to stand up like a man. I'll shut up now. You got it under control. I'm small. Like David. See, this is what separated David in scripture. This mighty king would write things like this. Behold, I am small. The beginning of wisdom. Isaiah 40 says this. I know I'm reading a lot because I just, I want, I want you to get it. I want you to see it. Verse four, chapter 40, verse one of Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God, and speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended and her iniquity is pardoned and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Now that's how it starts, okay? Comfort, comfort my people. Then it continues to say, in verse 10, behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. This is comfort. This is comfort from God. He will tend his flock like a shepherd and he will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. And then he begins to ask you questions. Anytime God begins to ask you questions, He's inviting you into something about himself. When God is asking you a question, he already knows the answer to the question. I would encourage you, don't answer, just listen, because it's rhetorical. Because I promise you, you don't have the answer, and you are not profound before him. He's not in heaven tonight getting wisdom, knowledge, and revelation from me. He's not taking notes, and he's not as impressed with my message as I am. He's not, he doesn't think it's amazing when we do 28 parts on a series about him. He's not going, wow, what a revelator. He is the revelation. And this is how he comforts his people. He invites them into a question about himself. I want you to remember this. He invites people into himself by questioning them about himself. And it seems harsh, but there's a security there he's trying to show you and trying to get you to see. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord and what man shows him counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice? Where did he learn knowledge? Gosh. Who showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop in a bucket, and are accounted as the dust of the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust, 
Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor is its beast enough for a burnt offering. Verse 18, to whom then, who do we liken God? Or what likeness do we compare him with? Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness? We are consumed by whose president? Verse 25, to whom then will you compare me? Then who should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high. Everyone say high. Lift up your eyes on high. He's inviting them into wisdom. And see who created these things. He's inviting them into revelation. He who brings out their hosts by number, calling them all by name by the greatness of his might, because he is strong in power, not one is missing. There's the compassion. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God? The creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint nor grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. When the Lord wanted to comfort a man that lost everything, he asked that man questions about himself. And I want you to, I want you to think about this. In the church, we're fasting so that we see his promises come into our lives. We're fasting so that we can pay our bills on time. And we're reading about a God that says, I, I feed the ravens. I cause planets to hang, I sneeze out constellations. <laughs> you see, as you go up, it's so, it's so amazing, even today. You know, my life is full of, uh, you know that game whack-a-mole? Tanner would understand this, he's been in my life for the last two weeks. I feel like my whole life sometimes is whack-a-mole. And all I'm doing is putting out fires and hitting people on the head. Don't be an idiot, stop it. Why are you, why are you doing that? And my whole life is just fixing things. Am I wrong? Nope. And it's like, I feel like just when all of the heads stop popping up like they do in the church, because everybody wants position. Just when all the heads stop, another one pops up. And if I'm not careful, that stuff can drain you. Right? If I'm not careful, all of a sudden my wisdom will lower and it'll come from above just to get people to be normal. But it was so interesting today. Even today, when stuff pops up and the temptations of, you know, just everything, you know, here's the thing about ministry. With, with like, normal work out in the world, you know what you're going to get. It's the world. Can I just, like, just vent for a second? Yeah, too late. Already happening. Here's the problem with Christians. 
They say one thing, but they look like the world. At least when you're in the world, you get the world. I mean, you know they're going to cuss you out, treat you horribly, and you're not as offended because you expect that. But in the church, we love you. God bless you. We'll never leave you nor forsake you. Can you believe what they said? It's because our wisdom is sensual and demonic. Okay, I'll say it again. (laughs) The church is not you guys. You guys are amazing, right? (laughs) But just Christians, you know, Christian people. You know, like, the ones that are like, I'm a Christian, but they don't look like Jesus. Like, those ones. Right? Like, I, I, however I can serve, brother, and then you're not noticed for three weeks because you're in a bathroom. This is, for, this is nobody. I don't even know. I, a lot of people clean bathrooms here. You guys are amazing. But you're in a room alone, and no one's watching you refill. Like, like I, we walk into the green room. It's perfection. And Josie has, I've never heard her complain in her entire life. Not one time. And she's never seen. Right? But then some Christians, I'm here to serve you, brother. Whatever I can do. Okay, I need you to, I need you to, I need you to stand in the parking lot for seven hours. I was hoping that I was going to get that. Right? I wasn't planning on going here, but somebody needs this. I don't know. (laughs) But the church, man, is like, because we lack wisdom and revelation, we think like the world inside of the church, and in turn, the world evangelizes the church rather than the church evangelizing the world. And, And if I'm not careful... I'll get to a point where I'm like, man, this is, this is not what I expected, man. This is wild. I'm going to go get a nine-to-five. Everyone in ministry is trying to run from the nine-to-fives. So I'm telling you, it's easier. And you don't have to deal with anxiety, and everyone's got suicidal thoughts. But in church, this is a house for people to run to with problems. But how we respond changes everything. So I was challenged this week with, oh, just another, the, I thought the game was, I thought I won the game. But another, another head popped up that was offended or hurt or this or that. And, and I literally started to think about, you breathe out constellations. And then I started to laugh at my pitiful self. You are so silly. That's what I said to myself. See, the higher we go, wisdom, and the deeper we go into revelation knowledge, which is coming into a place of I'm fully acquainted with him, the things of this world grow more dim and more dim and more dim as our mind gets higher and higher and higher. And here's the thing. In the kingdom of God, the higher you get into him, setting your mind on things above and not beneath, the more humble you become on earth. Because here's why. 
I have no need. When you get to that place of, oh my gosh, I'm fascinated by you. This person lied to me or this person offended me or they hurt me, but you held, you're, you're literally in this moment holding the world, the earth up with nothing. And it's just the outskirts of your ways. What do the four creatures see that stand before him for eternity? I don't know about you, but the higher I get, the deeper and more swirly I go into this book that is life, the less and less and less I am worried about bills. The less and less I'm worried about this and that and stressed by this and that because the relationship that I've been invited into is a man that's uncreated. Do you, do you, I know you guys have heard this before, but I'm not sure we're hearing this. The person in your closet that says crazy things like, I want you to be my everlasting habitation. <laughs> Said one word, until today the universe is growing in every direction at the speed of light because he said light one time. <laughs> he said, let there be light and it's still listening. And the only one not listening is us. And we wonder why we have problems. The waves, they still obey the boundaries that he gave them. The moon is so faithful, it's there every single night. The sun is there every single morning, and it came from a thought that had no definition. He just thought that would be cool. Let there be light, and everything was created to perfection. And he says, I'm going to come into your closet with you. <laughs> but we go into the closet, and we're offended at a friend, and we have no adoration of him <laughs> because we're not amazed by him. I love what Corey says about all of Job's opinions of his people. It's like Facebook comments. I posted this, are they gonna like it? Are they gonna, see, I don't have a social media on my phone. So by the way, if you're getting responded to, it's probably Gabriel. <laughs> Let's just be open, you know? You're doing a good job. He lets me know though, so don't be weird. Um, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> but you know, like we scroll and we scroll and scroll and we're looking, what are you looking for? The truth is, is you don't really care what you see. You're just comparing your life against theirs. It's so true. And then like, you know, like, uh, you know, the influencer, they're always, you know, they're always perfect and you never see the poop and the throw up on their faces, but, but life is amazing and, and this and that and we are amazed with each other. We go to a Beyonce concert and we're like, wow. I don't know why Beyonce. We're talking about the world, hopefully. None of you go to a Beyonce concert. <laughs> and we're impressed with people of prestige and money 
and fame and oh my gosh, they've got 80,000 followers and I got 800. I must be less important than them. And, and the God who tells the hawk its course is in your bedroom, gives the path for the lightning bolt, is in your bedroom. The same God that said to Abraham, I'm gonna make you a great nation. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God that caused three men to stand in fire and a fourth man was in there. The same God that spoke to Noah. The same God that spoke to Moses. The same exact God that, that was with David as he killed Goliath is the same exact God in your bedroom. The same one who told Joshua, be of good courage, I'll be with you, is the same exact person. See, I, I'm feeling him because as you exalt him, the problems are like, why do I have problems? It literally makes no sense why I have problems. Because we have an illusion of control, but you're not in control. We love control in the church, and everything's depending on, on us. And no, 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 no. He's the one that ordains the steps of the righteous. I know this is going to cause questions. It's the point. Read your Bible. Don't ask me. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you, have you read about it yet? Have you studied it? If you haven't spent one hour just seeking and searching, I have no answers for you. He dwells in unapproachable light. I don't know how much more to get the point across. Like, he split, have anyone ever been to the Red Sea and seen that body of water? No? Okay. It's like an ocean. He split it in half by breathing on it. And it's just a piece of the first layer of his ways. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is fascinated by the Lord, but I'm like, I, ha I am happy. <laughs> like, everything is fine. Those of you that know, you know. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> Back in the day, BC, before Christ, when I used to watch Friends every night, <laughs> the episode of Ross where <laughs> Rachel breaks up with him and he's like, I'm, fi I'm fine. <laughs> Some of you are going to leave the church because of that. Sorry. I'm fascinated by him. But listen, there is comfort in the fact that he's massive. <laughs> he comforted Job with questions about himself that might have seemed like, Lord, this is a little bit mean. You see, it maybe feels like, man, he's just been jabbing us all night. I want to comfort you. I really do. Here's the conclusion. Can I get the band to come up? Here's the conclusion and what God is saying. If I know, this is, now I want you to hear as if God is saying this over you. This is how he said it to me. And no one watching, everyone close your eyes. You guys watch the worship team. You're like, they're just walking. Close your eyes and I want you to listen. This is, this is what God is saying. If I know how to breathe galaxies 
and hang planets on nothing, how much more the jewel and prized possession of creation. Do you realize that everything he made, he waited till the end and then made you? Keep your eyes closed. Do you realize that everything he created, everything to perfection, he said it was good, but it wasn't till he formed man in Genesis that he said, very good. He literally built a universe that we have discovered four to six percent of as humanity, and you are the prized possession of all of it. Of nothing else does he say, my inheritance. He doesn't say the mountains are his inheritance. He doesn't say the seas and the wonders and the stars and the, he doesn't say any of that is his inheritance, but you are the jewel of his creation. Of no one else and of nothing else does he call the name of it Hephzibah. He's literally named you. I delight in you. The little small dust that you are, he's fascinated by you and he's more in love with your feet than you are with his. I hung planets on nothing. How much more the jewel and prized possession of my creation. Will I see to it that you never lack in any good thing? If I feed the ravens, how much more you? I am the one that designed constellations. And before I said, let there be light, I was and I am and I will forever be. Don't you think that I can see the fullness. Somebody needs to hear it. Keep your eyes closed. Don't you think that I can see the fullness of your destiny coming to an amazing concluded end? See, the problem is, is that we are getting in the way, thinking we are in control, thinking we have something to do with anything. We only struggle when we stop putting him in his rightful place. And all he says is behold and be obedient. The wisest man, King Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man on earth, besides Christ Jesus himself, said this in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is so powerful. Let us hear the conclusion. If you wanna know the conclusion and the destiny of your life, if you want to understand why, 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 the wisest man to ever hit the earth said, let me give you the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is man's all. But what we've taught the fear of the Lord to be is I'm afraid of God. Fear of the Lord is not meant to make you scared. It is intended to make you secure in this fact that the same God, gosh, the same God that breathed out galaxies by the billions said, I'm gonna make you my everlasting habitation, said, you're my son, you belong to me. You're my daughter. You belong to me. 
how much more if I take care of every deer in the field? If I provide for every bird and sparrow, how much more you? How much more little, tiny you? As we set our mind on things above and behold his majesty, that is the fear of the Lord. That's the spirit of fear of the Lord that takes us into his wisdom and into his revelation. And all I've been hearing God say for weeks now is just come up. When life is difficult, keep your eyes closed. When life is difficult, he's saying, just come up. Think about the billions and billions of grains of sand on the earth and he has more thoughts for you? Are you kidding me? The wisdom of God is found in the fear of the Lord. My daughter, Ellie, my son, my child, the safest place for them is when I'm holding them. They don't understand 95, 99% of what I understand. They have little to no, no, they have no wisdom, zero. They're toddlers. But what they do really well is they cling to one who does. And their wisdom becomes mine because they're with me. The higher we go and the deeper we go, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the secret is, is just get the knowledge. Go through the scriptures and read about, I caused the earth to hang on nothing. Why am I offended? What could I possibly be hurt by? Do you realize who you're in relationship with? Do you realize who's asking you to marry him? Do you realize who's in your chamber? Do you realize that not only is he your secret place, but you're his? Do you realize that? Do you realize that out of everything I've described, it's all a speck in comparison to what lives in you? Because the one who made all of it said, I'm gonna make my home inside of you. Do you realize that there's nothing hidden from his sight? Do you realize that you could make mistakes forever He'll never stop loving you because he's from everlasting to everlasting. Do you realize that he is love, which means he can't be anything else because he can't deny himself? When he says, I love you, he says, I love you forever. The Lord wants to set us free from ourselves wants you to realize you have no problems. You might think you do, but if you can get out of the way quick enough and go, wow. I read a story about 
NASA kept it, NASA kept it quiet. You know, but Buzz Aldrin, who was one of the, was one of the astronauts that landed on the moon with Neil Armstrong. When they landed, he waited, they had to wait for, I believe a couple hours because they needed to recover from the flight and there were some different things that needed to happen. And he gets on the moon and they're the, it's the first time any man that God created landed on a moon he created. And he's, he sits up there and he can put his thumb and block the earth. And he requested a moment of silence and he took communion. And he took communion before the Lord and he read John 15, five that he is the vine and we are the branches as he sat on the moon as the first human to ever stand on something that God created. I guarantee you in that moment, Buzz probably wasn't thinking about his issues. He was probably so fascinated See, this is wisdom, is it's a mind that is in the heavenlies. This is what wisdom does, is wisdom guards you from offense. The spirit of revelation protects you from hurt. It protects you from sin. You see, I actually do believe there is a life that can be free from sin, free from offense, free from hurt, free from the guilt of the past, free from the temptation, even the temptation of sin, I believe it's possible. And here's what makes it possible. Put yourself in Buzz Aldrin's seat and behold the earth. No one in human history had seen the earth like that ever. And he's looking at the little earth that he can block with his thumb saying, he's the vine and I am the branch. Do you know that the branch has no life supply outside of the vine? At the end of the day, you are not in control. You might have a will, and here's what it is, obedience or disobedience, period. And the comfort of God is found in just fear the Lord. This is what it means, just find security in the fact that I hung every star and named them by name. How much more you? Buzz in that moment, man, he wasn't. He wasn't thinking about anyone that's ever hurt him in his entire life. He was blinded by the majesty of the Lord. This is what we need. This is the communion that we need. I challenge you, when things try to creep in, just open up to Job 26 and Job 38 when he says, let me ask you some questions. The next time someone says something to you, don't go to your friends and get their opinion about what they said about you. That is where wisdom from beneath begins to build and build and build in your life. But wisdom from above says, I am actually completely oblivious of all these things down here that are trying to come against me because I'm looking at constellations that he's made. Are you with me? Is anyone fascinated by him as much as, as much as I am thinking to yourself like, for eternity we get to worship this man. There's gonna be no end to your life. Your life is never 
going to end. And seven spirits that burn as lamps are gonna burn before him forever. His counsel is gonna be before you forever. What is it gonna be like? Don't get caught up in the things of this world. You're wasting your time thinking that you have any say in what's going on. I heard my dad say it like this one time. How many of you are in a season of making a decision? Just raise your hand. A decision season, raise your hand high. That's what I really felt for tonight. My dad one time said it to me like this. When your heart is after God, out of those that raise your hand, who would say your heart, you know your heart is after the Lord. If your heart is after God, my dad said it like this, the kingdom of God is like a lobby. And whether you go through that door or you go through that door, you're still gonna end up in the same place. You can't, hear me, you can't mess this up. You're not powerful enough to get in front of his destiny. I'm telling you. Now you gotta be obedient, but you're not powerful enough to screw it up. You don't have enough strength to stop what God wants to do in your life. You're finished. Here's how I know. He hung on a tree and he said, it's finished. If he said it, I guarantee you it's still happening. If the universe is still listening, it's finished, it's still happening. And the more we believe it and we're fascinated at all, man's all is behold him and go, wow. That's it. He is going to see to it that you're not just here to get back there. You gotta see it. You're, you weren't just born to come here and struggle and stay out of hell and get to heaven. Do you see how petty that sounds now after everything we've been talking about? Surely there's more wisdom than that in a man who gives a path for the hail. It says, who understands the storehouses for the snow? What does that even mean? And we've made Christianity all about stay out of hell and get to heaven. There's so much more. Stay out of hell and get to heaven. Just, just get through this little life, which is just kind of like a tryout. This is the earth that God wants to inhabit. And he didn't make it for no good reason. He's more than that. The kingdoms of this world will be called the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. And all he needs is some people that have been baptized in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Who as they behold him and their wisdom goes higher and the revelation of him goes deeper, heaven is going to get yanked down because the people are going to be unoffendable. They're going to be unstoppable. And when they say, when did the dead start getting raised? And when did the miracles start begin to happen? And when did the devils begin to... I don't know. I, we have no idea. We were beholding the Lamb of God that everything was made through. He holds, Hebrews 1, all things. Everyone say all things. Not half of your destiny, not, not, like ye, not two of your kids. This is for somebody. Not two of your kids and not the one that hasn't been listening that you spend 20 hours in prayer for that I'm all for. But man, he gives us these promises like if I get one, I'm gonna get the whole house. 
And all he's looking for is fascination, not a bunch of beggars. Fascination. My dad told me today for the first time, we were talking about when I moved it. I moved to California for one year. My family is not like the type where we all live in different places, right? First time I went to my dad, I was living in Texas. I said, God, God said to me, let's move to California. He said, oh, he said, go to your room. That's what he said. He said, okay, go to your room. He said, you wanna leave me? Anyone ever seen my big fat Greek wedding? That's my family. My dad, you're leaving me? Like, go to your room, right? The Lord speaks to him. And if I never move to California, I don't meet my wife. I don't encounter Todd. Like I went away for one year and my life flipped upside down because I was obedient. The Lord speaks to my dad and says, let him go the minute he gets into his office, let him go. He said, but Lord, how will he live? Please take care of him. And God responded to my dad and said, are you kidding me? And I went with no job, no money, and I lived in G-Man's attic. True story. And I had no idea what I was gonna do. And every day, God provided. And when I was struggling, complaining at a car dealership, selling used cars, God saw this moment and said, shut up, I know what I'm doing. Because if I don't go to the car dealership, I never meet a general manager named Eddie Mahano. never encounter this precious man named Eddie who, who struggled with his Christian life but he loved this guy with dreadlocks he said bro come have you ever seen this guy and I saw him I said that's weird <laughs> this guy's tripping me out man what's with his shoes they wear normal shoes <laughs> so confused and I saw the Holy Ghost documentary just the trailer of it. And Todd is at the corn concert screaming, if you want to receive Jesus. And people are running. And I'm in, the, I'm in the showroom that I complained and complained to my fiance about. I hate this job. I'm terrible at it. My boss is like, we need you to sell something. And I'm like, I, I don't know how. People are like, what do you think of the car? I, I, don't, I wouldn't buy it. I'm too honest. <laughs> I think it sucks. <laughs> no joke before the Lord. Like I, I was, and then I met Todd and then I'm like, can I pray for you? And they're like, dude, stop. And I didn't sell anything. People thought I was nuts. And man, if I didn't allow God to take me there, to live in an attic, to be broke out of my mind, to work at a car dealership and begin to steward this seed at the same time called resignation in an upper room of a church with four of us. Joel was there. And we would say, we don't know what we're doing, but we just want the presence of the Lord. See, God had a family in mind. And I'm complaining at a car dealership and the one who sneezed out Cosmos is saying, will you stop already? You, you, don't, you, don't, even, you don't even begin to understand what I'm gonna do. And if I showed you, you wouldn't believe me. So that's why I keep it a secret. If I showed you your determined end, you would stop trying because you'd think you'll never get there. And that's the point. You can't do it without me. So just take it a day at a time 
fascinated by me every day. Stop planning out your life. Get a job and be faithful. And trust the Lord. And this is how we're going to think. We're going to just sing this to close. If the rocks cry out, how much more? And like the mountains melt like wax that is coming. (laughs) He's in our bedroom. I I don't know. I just can't stop thinking about it. I'm excited to wake up in the morning. Not because I'm preaching tomorrow night, but because the one who hung the earth on nothing is going to say good morning to me. (laughs) Divorces would end. Sickness would flee. You see, there's coming a generation that sickness stays away from. It's the fascinated ones. It's, it's, the, it's the first Peter 2.9, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Peculiar, peculiar means the ones that have a crazy look in their eye. That's what it means. It means the weird ones, like you. I don't even know your name, but like you, you got a crazy look in your eye. What's your name? I know you're a student. You're always around. Matthew, you're peculiar, bro. You're a what? See what I'm saying? A people that you're like, these ones are strange. Because we're sitting there and we're daydreaming of constellations that our bridegroom created and invited us and said, take my yoke upon you. He would say crazy things like, come to me, all you who are weary. Do you realize that man that created all of it wrapped himself in flesh? and limited himself to flesh and to sickness and being tempted with everything a man could be tempted with and God hung on a tree. Like we understand a man hung on a tree, of course he did. The man Christ Jesus, 100% man. But 100% of God went on a tree. I just don't think you're as, for six weeks, I've been going, holy cow. I'm I'm amazed. I'm amazed by you. Why am I complaining about anything? Why am I stressed out? What am I stressed for? The seas obey your command till today. What am I worried about? See, my son here... He's not worried. Hey, Bubba. He doesn't know what's going on. He's not nervous to be up here because he, all he knows is me. There's a revelation in that. He is fascinated. He lives for these moments. He'll, he'll wait for Emily and I to look at us. He just stares at you. And then when you catch eyes with him, he smiles. And then you look away, he stops smiling. He just watches you and you look at him, he smiles. That is his whole life right now. Like, what do you do all day? <laughs> he eats, he poops, and cries. 
when he wants something. Kind of like Christians. And all we do is we live and we kiss him and hold him and I love baby head smell and and all I want from him is this. If he started talking to me about his destiny at this age, I'd say, babe, we gotta take him back or something. In the kingdom of God, this is all that enters in. That's it. The dependent, can't do it on their own, confused, lost, these ones with no strength. You see, we're teaching people how to be powerful and we should teach them to be like this. This is what, listen, this is the kingdom of God. And what is he like looking at? Like he came out of my mother's womb. This is what the new birth, I know I'm going for a second. He's having a time of his life. This is what the new birth is. He was sitting in there at one time and all he knew was darkness. <sighs> all he knew was one perspective and it was dark and it was, there was nothing there for him. And God still fed him in there. God still took care of him in there. And then he came out, like imagine you've got twins. I'm not prophesying that. <laughs> Imagine there's two of them in there and Jack comes out first, but Jill's still in there. And, and Jack comes out and he sees colors for the first time. And he sees light for the first time. And, he, and he's like, Jill, just wait till you get out here and see what I see. This is what the new birth is like. Is you get pulled out of a kingdom of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of his son and his light. And when you see the everlasting, unapproachable light for the rest of your life, you're gonna look like this. You're a great sermon prop. It's really that easy. It's really this simple. It's really this simple. It's this, put the camera, live stream, it's this simple, right there. Become like a child and be like him who's fascinated by his father's face. He doesn't watch TV. He can't walk. He doesn't know what's going on. He just knows that when I'm around, that when she's around, everything's all right. guys stand with me. Let's lift our hands. God put wonder back into our eyes again. Make us like children again. Wow, I'm telling you, can you guys put the worship lights on? Make us like kids again. Hey, thanks so much for joining today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed that message. If you'd like more information about our church and the events we have going on throughout the week, or even for prayer requests, you can visit us at risennation.org for more information. Grace and peace to you today.